right, we thought we'd just do a quick show on the paranormal goings-on around Rendlesham. So we've just been on the Hillbilly Horror Stories talking about the Rendlesham UFO case, so if you get a chance, check that out. Um, and those of you that have come here from listening to that show, we welcome yep. you all um, and hope you enjoy your stay. So yeah, so the Rendlesham Forest area itself has got its paranormal activity goes way back. So yeah, I, mean, just... I did research from the, from the 13th century, mm. so I'm pit back here. You know, one of the key aspects of the Rendlesham Forest case is that the sceptics always refer back to the lighthouse. You know, these people were seeing uh, lighthouse. I think the MOD said that it Ooh. was fireballs, meteors, you know, because all these people obviously couldn't tell. Over three nights, couldn't tell the difference between a meteor and a fucking spaceship. But anyway. Yeah, well, I've got one I've got one uh, bit from the... Uh, this is from the 13th century, uh, and it's a... Uh, a chap from Cogglesall. He described a wild man caught in a fishing nets just off Orford Ness Coast there. Uh, a wild man. Um, apparently he was all hair and beard and like white, uh, you know. But apparently he lived, this creature lived in, a, in the Orford Castle. Now, this is the story. He says, the men were fishing in the sea and they caught a wild man in their nets. He was naked and was like a man in all his members, covered with hair and with a long shaggy beard. He eagerly ate whatever was brought to him, but if it was raw, he pressed it between his hands until all the juice was expelled. He would not talk, even when tortured, and hung up by his feet. Brought into the church, he showed no signs of reverence or belief, because in them days, mm, yeah, yeah. shit, you know what I mean? He sought his bed at sunset and always remained there until sunrise. He was allowed to go into the sea, strongly guarded with three lines of nets, but he dived under the nets and came up again and again. Eventually came back uh, of his own free will, but later on he escaped and was never seen again. So, is that a mere man? No, I think um, <clears throat> Bigfoot is seen. Just think about what Bigfoot needs to eat. And I know we had Tom Seawood on, and he talked about this. Bigfoot eats shellfish. You know, our ancestors, there's big piles still in Africa of shellfish that have been eaten. It's it's a big protein source, and I think I think Bigfoot. If this is a Bigfoot, and it sounds like it. That's what they eat, you know. They're they're going to be eating a lot, a lot of so shellfish, what this, so especially the, living on an island. If like it was raw, are. he pressed it between his hands until all the juice expelled. Mm, so he's getting out all the the blood and the, the you know the badness, I guess. Um, wow. But it's interesting. Um, it's basically tenderizing the meat. Maybe it makes yeah. it easier to eat. You know, possible because we do that, don't we? We batter steaks before we eat them, so the the less chewy. So maybe it's along those lines. Also, there's one. I think what got caught me was called the shug monkey. Now, to me, this is Bigfoot. Yeah, you know, but obviously in them days everything was demons and you know it was all you know everything else. You know what I mean? Uh, but this described by this they they called this the shug monkey, and it was described by witnesses as a unholy combination of a mastiff and a great ape. Mm. Well, what's that sound to you, Lee? Spore like a dogman. Dogman war. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, there there is evidence because um, a research group went in uh, and they they've actually got prints uh, of this uh, animal. Uh, and it says that it's like a, a it, the prints are like a, a big dog or a big cat, but they are far bigger. And the way I think they, it's got flattened fingernails rather than claws, mm. so that's quite strange. So, yes, um, not, not human like. No, 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 definitely not. But, no, the, but that is more human like flattened fingernails rather than claws. That's more. That's more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's what, what you expect to see from yeah. a Bigfoot rather that's than a cat. So I suppose. So, but the area. Uh, I mean, we're talking Suffolk area. Talking, it's a it's a highly active mm. place, mate. Yeah, because uh, what happens around Rendlesham and, and the Orford Ness Lighthouse being 
you know, a key part of the skeptic's armor in, in that. I thought I'd touch on the the 1900 mystery of the Flannin Isles lighthouse. Uh, see what you make of this. So the first hint of anything untoward on the Flannin Isles came on the 15th of December 1900, when a steamer, the Arctor, on passage from Philadelphia to Leith, that's in Scotland, passed the island in poor weather and noted that the lighthouse was not operational, which you'd expect. You know, for the lab, for the you know bad weather, that's the yeah. very time it should be fucking operating. So anyway, they noticed that, but unfortunately, the ship ran aground and took quite a bit of damage. So when the captain initially got back to port, he managed to rescue the ship and get it back to port. He didn't necessarily t- talk about the lighthouse; that was least of his concerns. You know, he had to sort out the paperwork and all the rest of it for the repairs on his ship. So that was his that was forefront of his mind. So he didn't initially talk about the lighthouse not being on when he got back to Auburn. Uh, his name was Captain Holman, in case you're wondering. So the, the lighthouse itself was manned, was meant to be manned by a three-man team uh, by the names of Thomas Marshall, James Ducat, and Donald MacArthur, with a rotating fourth man spending some time on shore. And he'd come back with the refuel vessel and because, right. you know, every now and again, every so often, they have to come back with food and all the rest of it. And the plan, the plan to go back with some food on the twentieth of December. So this is five days after the the, the ship run aground, and the lighthouse wasn't on. But because of the adverse weather, they couldn't go back, so they had to wait till the twenty sixth uh, Boxing Day. So on arrival, the crew and the relief keeper found the flagstaff to be that was bare, a bare of its flag. None of the usual provision boxes had been left on the landing stage for restocking and more ominously none of the lighthouse keepers were there to welcome them ashore Jim Harvey, captain of the Herpius, gave a strident blast on his whistle and set off a distress flare no reply was forthcoming so again they've, they've, they've got to the island you know, expected the keepers to yeah, come yeah. out and say oh well, you know, where have you been, you know, we've right. been fucking starving because yeah. it was six days late but no one came so the relief keeper Joseph Moore, his name was, went ashore alone and he found the entrance gate to the compound and the main door both closed and the beds unmade and the clock had stopped. Which, you know, mm. when we're coming yeah, to these we cases... Go, yeah, there it goes again. You know, strange cases. So the clock, clock stopped. Stop, stop, yeah. Returning to the landing stage with the grim news... Sorry, he returned to the landing stage with the grim news. And then he went back to the lighthouse with one of the, the crew members of the Herpius. And they did a further search, and they revealed that the lamps were cleaned and refilled, and a set of oil skins was found. Now, again, oil skins is the waterproof uh, garments gam- go out yeah. when they go out. Yeah, sometimes called like sou'westers and yeah, you know, yeah. The, that fish, typical fisherman's hat in the in the British Isles. So obviously, only one was hanging up. So there's three guys. They know it was bad weather because mm. the fifteenth. Obviously, there was a storm, a ship on the ground. And obviously they couldn't go out on the twentieth. So and those bad weather. So leaving the lighthouse, you definitely would have been wearing your your waterproof clothes. And there's only one hanging up. So that tells me straight away that one of the guys must have left the lighthouse without without his oils, you know, without his mm. protective clothing, which is you know highly unusual. And not to mention that the island, there's nothing on the island. So where would you be going anyway? I mean, they could have gone out to see if the the food had arrived because it was meant to be there on the twentieth. Mm. So, but that doesn't explain how. There was uh, the lighthouse wasn't on on the fifteenth. Okay, so um, 
The only sign of anything amiss in the lighthouse was the overturned chair in the ki- by the kitchen table. Of the keepers, there was no sign, neither inside the lighthouse nor outside anywhere on the island. More than the three volunteer seamen were left to attend the lighthouse and the Hapius returned to shore. Captain Harvey sent a telegram to the Northern Lighthouse Board, dated the 26th of December, 17, uh, 1900, stating, A dreadful accident has happened. The three keepers, Ducat Marshall and the, and the Occasional, have disappeared from the island. The clock was stopped. Other signs indicate that an accident must have happened about a week ago. Poor fellows, they must have been blown off the cliffs or drowned trying to secure the crane. So I guess that's for the refuel, yeah, yeah. the, the uh, refueling part. But again, they wouldn't have gone out in that sort of weather on a no. little island. It's, it's got no shelter. It's just in the middle of the out Hebrides, in the middle of the ocean. There. Nuts. So you're not going to go out. crackers about that. Yeah. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. But then the two coats are missing, so you've got to you've got to wonder. Uh, the men remained. These are the the men that came afterwards and you know looked after the lighthouse after this had happened. The men remained on the island. And scoured every corner for clues as to the fate of the keepers. At the east landing, everything was intact. But at the west landing provided considerable evidence of damage caused by recent storms. A box at 33 metres above sea level had broken and its contents strewn about. Iron railings were bent over. The iron railway by the path was wrenched out of its concrete. And the rock weighing more than a tonne had been displaced above that. On top of the cliff, at more than 60 metres above sea level, turf had been ripped away as far as 10 metres from the cliff edge. The missing keepers had kept their log until 9am on the 15th of December. So that's the morning before that yeah. ship. So the lighthouse went on. However, their entries made it clear that the damage had occurred before the disappearance. So... I mean, think about that. Iron railings bent over. I mean, unless a ship crashed into the into the island, which we'd know about. Yeah. It would be reported, wouldn't it? You're, you're running out of... Ideas. In the middle of nowhere, aren't you? Because even them, with well, the items that they had to hand, to move a tonne rock, a tonne's worth of rock, mm. it's, it's, you know, I'm not going to be able to do that. No. To bend iron railings and all that. So somebody wanted the contents of that box and, and obviously opened it. He says, No bodies were ever found. It says theories abound and resulted in fascinating national speculation. Bigfoot? No, it's an island in the middle of the sea. I mean, with the clock being stopped, and it's funny that they refer to that, you know, so there's something even they knew. But this guy, what was his name? Um, Wilfred Wilson Gibson wrote a poem about it. It says, Yet as we crowed through the door, we only saw the table spread for dinner, meat and cheese and bread, but all untouched and no one there, as though they were sat down to eat, ere they could even taste. Alarm had come, and in haste, had risen and left the bread and meat, for at the table head a chair lay tumbled on the floor. That last bit didn't really rhyme, did it? But no. So but you get, you get you get you get the idea, yeah. don't you? Yeah, fucking... you Try to make it to a poem, yeah. but it so... didn't work out, did it? So, uh, well, usually when, when when the clock stops, you get you always get that oh, time is in, oh, is it time slip or someone's come through a portal or you know someone's mm-hmm. got someone's done damage. It. I think it, the last line of that poem should have been for the table head a chair lay tumble on the floor, 
Who would dare to brave outside with weather not so fair? Mm. Yeah, that would, that yeah, would be better, wouldn't it? So maybe I should finish it off. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get in touch with him. He only died about 100 years, 200 years ago. But anyway, fucking. So, yeah, so I guess you're really looking into either a UFO aspect. You no, know, they could have gone out, could have been something wrong. Um, could have been the cover up, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, something like one of them made the boat from the summit. I mean, you know, and then covered it up. Yeah, you get. Yeah, you might get that. Yeah, one of them could have killed the other one. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you've ended up. But then you've you got so he would have said to his mate, "Oh, you know, let's go outside." And but then there would have been evidence. Surely inside, everything was locked up. Well, he might Um, killed them and then come back in and cleaned it all up. And but where did he go? Because there was no boat off the island. Yeah, unless it was a suicide. But but then the clock stopped as well. Yeah, strange. It's just one of them weird ones that I guess we'll never know. But the, like I said, they never found the bodies. The place is meant to be haunted now and all the rest of it, so that, that goes along as well. But the Northern Lighthouse Board did an investigation, and it says, it says they examined the clothing left behind in the lighthouse and concluded that James Descartes and Thomas Marshall had gone down to the Western Landing Stage and that Donald MacArthur, the occasional, had left the lighthouse during the heavy rain in his shirt, shirt sleeves. He noted that he... Whoever left the lighthouse last unattended was in breach of the rules. Obviously, he can't he can't leave the fucking lighthouse at that point because he's he's got to fucking yeah. you know keep it on. Yeah. Um. I guess he he could have left thinking unless, oh, saw, unless unless somebody saw some shit outside. Yeah, but he wouldn't have left thinking. He wouldn't have left thinking. Oh, they've been a long time. I might go look for them and not no, put his fucking. Couldn't, no, he couldn't left, really. And not put his all skin on. Unless you know, unless some stuff was happening out there. So that even don't make fucking sense, but. Anyway, unless he got to the door, someone dragged him out. They said that um, they also noted that some of the damage to the west landing was difficult to believe unless actually seen. So something more than just yeah, yeah, it's, it's not. Uh... This is a quote from the the report. It says, "From the evidence which I am able to procure, I am satisfied that the men had been on duty up till dinner time on Saturday the fifteenth December." They had gone down to secure the box in which the moorings, ropes, landing ropes, etc. were kept and which was secured in a crevice of the rocks about uh, 110 feet above sea level. Uh, an extra large sea had rushed up the face of the rocks and gone above them, coming down in immersive, in immersive force. Immense, sorry, coming down in immense force. Yeah. Kind of swept them completely away. So I guess you know his explanation is that the new storm was coming dinner time on that day, so they shut out, scored, tried to tie the boxes down so that they wouldn't get swept away. And at that time, a wave come over and took them. Yeah, I don't um, believe that bullshit. I don't believe that. But that will explain where the third man goes. Correct. So There's two of them. Where's the other one gone? So if that happened, he would have, he would have maybe gone out and try and get help. Too light, light, but mm. possible. I think it's uh... anyway. It says that explanation brought comfort to the families of the lost and the unknown. So, I guess you got to leave it at that. Not right, but what uh, made all that damage? The damage aspect and all the rest of it, like you know, all that sort of shit. That there's something more than just yeah, yeah. And, and if you're going on swept the, off by um, if you're going on uh, the clock business where the clock stops, and we're thinking. Something, you know, that makes it more paranormal. Paranormal, yeah. Um, I'll say, I don't know. 
You don't know. Who knows? See him when they went out. So is it? Did, he, did the, the last man in the lighthouse see the two mm. happen to them too? But you think that and think know, shit. I'm, you think I'm, the do you see a creature out there? Yeah. Let's kill them. You think I've got to get out of here? Why would you leave? The f- and why leave it? You know, locking the doors behind you as well. I mean, you're only going to lock the doors if you're going to leave the island, surely. You're not going to... You know, if you're just nipping outside to score a box or whatever, mm. you don't lock the fucking door behind you, do you? Mm. You, you? You go out, you score the thing, and then you come back. So you know you're coming back. And the third guy leaving the the, the lighthouse, he could have left on the 20th. Mm. He could have st- he could, no, they could have been yeah. washed away. He could have left on the 20th to see if the other guys had arrived with the resupplies. But obviously, the, it was adverse weather then. But again, why? if it was still adverse weather, why did he leave without his oil skins on? I don't know. There's something more to that. So, yeah, uh, yeah so that's an interesting case. So make of that what you will. And uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Hello, listeners. Failure to listen to this message may result in a painful death. I say may because I don't want to be sued. If you have any feedback for the show, please send it to us at dbtlpodcast at gmail.com. If you have time, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Now, return next week or face the consequences.